Hello and welcome to America Can We Talk. I'm Debbie Georgiatis. Today on our show, we're going to talk about more of my examples from yesterday, leftism kills a border death, leftist meltdown, Elon Musk and Twitter, so entertaining. Uh, Biden bus bullies. This is an unbelievable story about the bullying of the Biden administration. And finally, Durham is surrounding, surrounding Hillary. Cannot wait to tell you about that. And of course, I'll tell you why these stories matter to you. Stay tuned. On America Can We Talk, I talk about election integrity, border security, healthcare freedom, race relations, energy and tax policy, education policy, free speech and assembly, freedom of religion, and all other issues that touch on the God-given right of every American to life, liberty, and the pursuit of their version of happiness. Stay tuned. Can we talk into today's first five? I'm Debbie Georgiatis. This is one of those days where there's so many stories that I'd love to get to, and so I have limited time, so I have to pick and choose. This is life. Uh, but I want to tell you something in this first five. I, I use the term, the label, more leftism kills. This is actually a very serious subject, a very serious subject. So you have the uh, Biden administration literally from day one when, they, when he took office, getting rid of all the protections that the Trump administration put in place to protect the border, to protect the American homeland, to prevent rampant overrunning of the southern border. President Biden's literally very first steps as president of the United States was to make sure we have no border security. And I do not say that to be hyperbolic, to exaggerate. They do not want a secure border. This is a leftist mission. They do want to do what we've been talking about for a long time. They simply benefit, the American left benefits from an insecure border. Well, it was recently, most unfortunately, a Texas National Guardsman, a young man uh, who's been called up to work at the border because, again, the Biden administration does not enforce the border under any circumstances. They just won't do it. So over this past week, there was a, a young member of the Texas National Guard down the border. I want to put up his face, and just so you can recognize and give some credit to him, uh, this young man working at the southern border named Bishop, his, his full name is Bishop Evans. He's a member of the Texas National Guard, and he jumped into the river at the southern border to try to rescue two drug smugglers. I believe they survived, by the way. The drug smugglers, they survived. This young man, this precious young man, I mean, in his early 20s, drowned at the border. And he drowned. And I'll tell you that there was a, an interview at the White House, uh, one of the um, press, um, press conferences at which uh, the, you know, Jen Psaki gives pretty much idiotic answers on pretty much everything. But she was asked about, you know, what, what about this? You know, this border guy drowned at the border. Um, and uh, the answer, her answer was literally, well, you know, he, he wasn't a, a, our employee. He was like a, a Texas National Guardsman or something. And I, I say that because, I mean, I understand maybe she wasn't ready for the question. It didn't have a good answer. But what the reporter is really asking her is, how can you let the border remain so porous? How can you do this? How can you do this to America? And her answer was to try to shift blame. Well, probably, you know, somehow he's not really our guy. We don't care. And the real point of this reporter and what every American should be thinking is, how can the Biden administration continue this process of just 
abandoning the southern border, allowing it to be overrun, allowing millions of people, increased millions of people into the American homeland and stare at the camera with a straight face and say, oh, yeah, we represent America. We're looking out for America. Well, it kind of leads me to a deeper point I wanted to make. Um, oh, and also, by the way, there is today, uh, it's funny, we started out yesterday's show talking about an argument then taking place at the United States Supreme Court uh, that related to religious freedom and whether you can actually pray if you're a public employee. Um, but this today, the Supreme Court was hearing the argument of Texas versus Biden. And the gist of the argument is about whether the Biden administration lawfully dropped the Remain in Mexico policy. And I got to tell you, on both fronts, I mean, on the Remain in Mexico thing, the only argument that you're able to make at this point is whether the procedures that allow such orders to be made were actually followed. That's the only thing you'd be talking about is what did they follow procedurally what happened. You're not arguing about what really matters at the Supreme Court, which is why do we have an administration who won't enforce the border? And isn't the basic job, one of the basic jobs of the United States government to enforce the border. That's not really the argument, but it is the argument about whether that Remain in Mexico policy was dropped by the, by the Biden administration in accordance with you know, federal regulations and rules. But the bigger point I want to make, and I want to just, uh, I'm going to try to talk about this throughout the show today, was I actually sense a bit of hope on the conservative side and on the other side, I will say, I truly believe this. I think there's a rising sense of panic in the hearts and minds of the anti-American left because they see their stranglehold on, free, on their control over America, their stranglehold on information and policies in America slipping away. I truly think we're starting to see panic on the anti-American left because they realize that much of what they've been able to do through hiding facts, hiding information, controlling the narrative, controlling the media, much of it is slipping away. I think what they're panicked about, the anti-American left, and by that I truly mean the Biden administration, the broader cabal really running this country, the Obama, uh, Soros, et cetera, team actually running the country, I think there is a panic because what's actually happening is the American people have more and more access to what the real facts are, what the truth is, and they're starting to see how truly malevolent and malicious the anti-American left is toward its own people, toward its own people. The uh, one issue is very simple and really pretty much crystal clear that when you don't enforce the border, you're going to have the border overrun. This is one issue that President, uh, candidate Trump and then President Trump really helped the people to see. And the American people are now watching the southern border saying, why, do, why would we get rid of Remain in Mexico? Why don't we enforce the border? Why do we let these people just loose in America and hope later they'll show up for a hearing? I mean, this is, it is starting to dawn on more Americans who aren't particularly political that nothing this administration is doing is good for America. And I truly think there's a rising panic on the left not just because of border security, but also because of the American people are starting to realize with more and more clarity and certainty that the election was stolen. 
that the, you actually had the, the levers of power in the anti-American left controlling the election and bringing about a stolen election in 2020. To that end, there is a film coming out soon. This is by Dinesh D'Souza with the extremely great help of and support of a really kind of co-partnership with Catherine Engelbrecht, who founded True the Vote. She's a great Texan, been on the show before, and coming on again soon. But this movie uh, called 2,000 Mules is about the way, one of the methods used by the anti-American left to steal the 2020 election. I sent, uh, and by the way, I meant to say we have a producer today joining us the first time. Emilio Diaz is going is producing today, and uh, Derek is also back there. Derek Kaufman and Ziggy, my usual producers. Um, I don't know where he is. He's not here today. But anyway, great producers. I appreciate Real News PR, and I'd like to ask them to start to play. Start with let's play that trailer from the Dinesh D'Souza film, Extensive Mules. and inclusive voter fraud organization in the history of American politics. Let me say it again. The 2020 election was the most secure election in American history. Let me begin by asking a very simple question. Do we know the truth about what really happened in the 2020 election? I think millions of Americans know something went wrong, and they have little pieces, and no one's really put it together. I'm agnostic on this question, and I, I am awaiting more information. If I believed the president were a Nazi, I might steal an election. Bold accusations require bold evidence, and they haven't seen it. We have been working on something big. Show me the money. Can we meet? I've been working with Greg Phillips. He has a deep background in election intelligence. True the Vote has the largest store of election intelligence for the 2020 elections in the world. No one has more data than we do. We identified in Atlanta 242 mules that went to an average of 24 drop boxes. But Philadelphia alone, we've identified more than 1,100 mules. What is a mule? Person picking up ballots and running them to the drop boxes. This is not grandma out walking her dog. Bad backgrounds, bad reputations. They are interested in one thing, that's money. And in no shape, in no way, in no time, is that legal. This is organized crime. Do you have video evidence? Four million minutes of surveillance video around the country. What you're about to see is disturbing. So this is uh, one o'clock in the morning. Don't we all vote at one o'clock in the morning? <laughs> On one night, this person, this mule, went across six counties to 27 different drop boxes. I call it the Mexican mafia, seriously, because uh, they, they work like that. This is jaw-dropping. What you showed is frightening. It's just sickening to me. Now we come to the most important question of all. Was the magnitude of vote trafficking enough to tip the balance in the 2020 presidential election? It's not a leap to say this would have made a difference. They have ruined election day in the United States of America. That's provable. And that's enough for me to fight the left with every fiber in my body. Without free and fair elections, we are not a democracy. We are a criminal cartel masquerading as a democracy. 2,000 mules in select theaters, May 2nd and 4th. Virtual premiere, May 7th.
Stream May 8th at Salem Now or Locals. Okay, my friends, that is going to be a very powerful movie, and it's very exciting because this is, you know, it's a funny thing. I do talk shows. I, I, I talk, you know, about politics. I do media interviews. I give speeches. But other people who don't tune into my show or other shows, they don't really know what's going on. At least don't know what I'm sharing. But they might go to see a film. Dinesh D'Souza, you know, internationally renowned filmmaker, very serious, very earnest, making this movie at this time in May of 2022, well before the fall elections. There will be millions more people who see this film and say, oh, I did not realize the magnitude of the theft of this election. And this is, again, just the method of election theft that has to do with collecting unsolicited mail-in ballots and dropping them off by the hundreds in drop boxes around the country. This is just one method by itself sufficient to show outcome-changing election fraud. I'll close out the first five by saying this. I truly believe this, and I am going to say it, be saying it more and more in this show and in the future. The anti-American left is close to panic. The Biden administration, the leftists who, com- who control the Biden administration, the media outlets, because what's happening to them, there's stranglehold on America. There's stranglehold on what Americans believe to be true, what they understand, what they know about, what they, what they see happening. The left has had a stranglehold on the American people, pretty much controlling what, and I don't mean every American person, but people who just pay attention to mainstream media. And the left is seeing that stranglehold be loosened. They're recognizing they can't control it anymore. On the three biggest issues facing America, border security, COVID, and election fraud, in all of those topics, all of those cases, the truth is coming out and the left cannot stop it. And believe me, they are panicked. And that, my very fine friends, is today's first five. So I, I want, you know, there's just kind of the, the airways are filled with stories about Elon Musk taking over Twitter. Um, I'll mention something now and then come back to it in a minute. Elon Musk doesn't really yet own Twitter. And he has the the deal in place, and it is going to go forward, and the the proper documents and filings and exchanges have to happen. But he doesn't own it yet. I mean, the deal is set. But I'm telling you this because so much is happening within Twitter and things that we used to think were controlled by the leftists, um, and they were shutting down certain, um, certain voices, certain messages, certain topics. I mean, the, the shift in Twitter seems like it's been overnight, but really, all the same people still work for Twitter. Elon Musk isn't controlling anything yet. And so I wanted to share with you kind of, a, kind of a, a conglomeration of things that are happening, and they all really, really matter about Twitter and um, what Elon Musk has done. To start with, Twitter is, as Jack Dorsey said, in fact, there was a tweet from Jack Dorsey. uh, There you go. Oh, you're so fast. Look at that. I barely even said it. Okay. Former CEO Jack Dorsey of Twitter. He has an optimistic view of the purchase. Jack 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 Dorsey tweets, I love Twitter. Twitter is the closest thing we have to a global consciousness. The idea and service is all that matters to me, and I will do whatever it takes to protect both. Twitter as a company has always been my sole issue and my biggest regret. It has been owned by Wall Street and the ad model. Taking it back from Wall Street is a correct first step. If you want to imagine the 
hysteria in left-wing uh, you know, pockets around a country to see Jack Dorsey saying something good about Twitter under the now the or soon to be control of Elon Musk. I mean, that was that made the left, as they say, apoplectic. They could not believe Jack Dorsey saying nice things about the guy who took over Twitter, but he is. And so now you have, of course, right away, like this morning, really early, I was up scrolling through Twitter and I saw these people saying, wow, I got 10,000 followers back. I lost them last year. They came back. I mean, things are happening, my friends. I mentioned that point about Musk doesn't really own it yet. Legally, the process has not been completed because all these things are kind of in anticipation of the fact that eventually the Twitter, uh, Twitter is going to have to stop, you know, tamping down people, stop controlling people. All these people are celebrating that new followers back and, and all, you know, topics I used to post about. Now they're not stopping me. It's like the, the people at Twitter have given up. They're like, okay, we were suppressing speech, but you know, now we're going to have to stop. I also think I still firmly believe there's an element of government involvement in Twitter and, um, and um, me and the national security agencies. I don't know what they're going to do to Twitter. All I'm telling you is what's happening is kind of artificial because Musk doesn't really own it yet. So Jack Dorsey was one, and that kind of made people nuts. There was also a tweet. Now, hold on. Don't put up till I say so. But there was also a tweet by Elon Musk. And Elon Musk is, we talk, talked about him yesterday. You know, he's uh, obviously richest guy in the world, extremely wealthy. He is no conservative. I mean, on many, many issues. We went through them yesterday. But he does believe in free speech. Here's what Elon Musk had to say about Twitter. He says, yes, free speech is the bedrock of a functioning democracy, and Twitter is a digital town square. I love that line, by the way. It is. Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, all those, they are the digital town square where matters vital to the future of humanity are debated. I also want to make Twitter better than ever by enhancing the product with new features, making the algorithms open source to increase trust, defeating the spam bots, and authenticating all humans. Twitter has tremendous potential. I look forward to working with the company and the, co the community of users to unlock it. That kind of message, I mean, you would think all these uh, people who think they're, say they're big patriots, they love America, they love free speech, they'd be saying Yahoo. But the simple fact is Elon Musk and his commitment to actual freedom of speech is driving them nuts. And so there are the usual leftist cabal. I'm going to get to Saki in a second. But the usual leftist cabal led by a uh, meathead from All in the Family, Rob Reiner, uh, he's, he is out of his mind about the idea. And this is a really funny, I'll play, put up his tweet, and I'll tell you something. So here's Rob Reiner, this goofball from, and he's a radical leftist, totally obnoxious guy. Uh, now that Elon Musk is buying Twitter, the question for all of us is, will he allow a criminal, capitalized, who used this platform to lie and spread disinformation to try to overthrow the US government to return and continue his criminal activity? And if he does, how do we combat it? And so I wish I had grabbed it, but someone responded to that. Oh no, don't worry at Rob Reiner. I'm sure Elon Musk is not going to remove Hillary Clinton from Twitter. It was a very, very good reply, very clever. But Rob Reiner and many other leftists just, just out of their minds about the idea that someone who believes in free speech is going to actually control Twitter. There was also uh, news coverage on MSNBC, and I don't care if you've heard this thing 25 times, I'm gonna try to find this guy. Okay, this is clip two. Hold on one second. So this is an MSNB reporter, MSNBC reporter. I'm telling you, the, the absurdity of what he is saying, the hypocrisy, the lunacy of what he says has not even occurred to him 
Maybe it has by now. But now when he said this, this is clip two. If you own all of Twitter or Facebook or what have you, you don't have to explain yourself. You don't even have to be transparent. You could secretly ban one party's candidate or all of its candidates, all of its nominees, or you could just secretly turn down the reach of their stuff and turn up the reach of something else. And the rest of us might not even find out about it till after the election. Elon Musk says this is all to help people because he is just a free speech, philosophically clear, open-minded helper. Okay. I mean, I'm so, I actually feel sorry for that guy. Like, it's, I don't know whether someone at work pointed out later, or I don't know, his mother called him. I don't know to say, are, are, are you that stupid? I mean, this is what he's just recounting. What he's fearing Elon Musk will do is what the leftists have done with Twitter at whatever, 10 years, how long Twitter's been around. I mean, he's talking about banning candidates and keeping information away from voters. Twitter was among the cabal of left-wing social media outlets that hid Hunter Biden's laptop from the American voters. That significant all by itself because it was in polling that showed that was something like, whatever it was, 13%, I don't know, maybe someone can tell me, but whatever percent it was, of voters who said they wouldn't have voted for Biden had they known about the laptop. What's on the laptop? But you know what? Twitter, all the left-wing media tamped it down. And this goofball, I mean, I truly feel sorry for him if he has any self-awareness this morning. He's thinking, I can't believe I sound so stupid. So what he's lamenting is he's worrying Musk is going to do what he was obviously perfectly fine having Twitter do before that, which is to tamp down opposition to their worldview. And if Elon Musk means what he says, I got to tell you, you know, he's a, he believes in universal basic income as one example. Elon Musk does. So if someone wants to write a long piece about the terrible consequences of universal basic income, that'd be a good test. Is he going to let people tweet about that or not? But of all the things that the Twitter didn't allow in the past, uh, Elon Musk is saying that this is not the way to do it. So uh, you got to love Elon Musk doing that and Rob Reimer and others being driven insane. But on a serious note, uh, these questions were raised um, at the White House. Jen Psaki, uh, who the president is her, his spokesperson, uh, was asked about some of these things. I want to find, um, oh, actually, no, one more extremely entertaining uh, little clip. This is from clip one, Morning Joe, his talk show. And they're talking there about how, how just, just scary and outrageous it is that Elon Musk is going to own Twitter. And I want you to pay attention to what they say, including what, I don't even know her name, but Morning Joe's, you know, co-host there. Listen to what she says. Play that. This is uh, clip one. Who were Trump voters and are still Trump supporters. They go, yeah, you guys are going crazy. He's doing, what are you so surprised about? He's doing exactly what he said he's going to do. Well, and I think that the dangerous, you know, edges here are that he's trying to undermine the media, trying to make up his own facts. And it could be that while unemployment and uh, the, the economy worsens, he could have undermined the messaging so much that he can actually control right. uh, exactly what people think. And that if, is the that is our you, job. Yeah. If you look at the issues, uh, Yamish is Hold right. Hold on, Cutter, can doing... you cut him off? Go back to what you, just, I don't know if you can do this. What she said is, and that's our job. She's, she's worried Elon Musk is going to say things uh, and maybe help people understand issues and form their opinions. And she's saying, oh, no, 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 the media does this, not this. Can, can you, I don't know if you can do that, go back a little bit and catch what she had to say. Who were Trump voters, what he said he's going to do. Well, and I think that 
the dangerous, you know, edges here are that he's trying to undermine the media, trying to make up his own facts, and it could be that while unemployment and uh, the, the economy worsens, he could have undermined the messaging so much that he can actually control right. uh, exactly what people think. And that if, is the that is our you, job. Yeah, if you look at the issue. There it was. That is our job. I, I mean, she's talking about controlling the messaging. And this is, I'm telling you very seriously, back to my point earlier, leftists in this country have had massive control over what the American people believe on issue after issue after issue. I don't know how many people listen to them. I, I, they seem tedious and uninteresting to me, but obviously some people listen to them. But they have had control of messaging. And another arena where they've had control of messaging for decades before conservatives finally woke up is in the public schools. The public schools where they have been brainwashing children. Uh, now the, the conservatives are finally awake to it, but they've been brainwashing children with critical race theory, 1619 Project, anti-American, uh, America's founders are a bunch of old white men who are racist. All this anti-American garbage the left has been able to spew out in public schools and infect the minds of young children with this drivel, with, this, with these lies and, and deception and dishonesty and anti-Americanism. That avenue for their manipulation of the American people is also being cut off, too, because finally more parents are saying, you know what, I'm going to go to the school board. I'm going to, I'm going to watch my child's homework. I'm going to understand what they're being taught. I'm going to challenge the school. I'm not going to just keep on teaching our kids these things. The leftists are in a panic in this country because they have worked for decades to control the messaging to America to control what people believe in on a whole wide range of issues. They've had that capacity through public school education. That is being uprooted. They've also had it through much of left-wing media, including places like Twitter, which finally, seeing the sunlight of truth, as they say, the sunlight of truth shining and letting free speech happen, if that's really what, Musk, what Elon Musk does, this sends them into convulsions. They cannot believe that the American people actually get to hear all viewpoints. The goal of leftism is always to make sure you only hear their viewpoint, no other viewpoints. You know, there are two words I was going to mention. I wrote them down so I won't forget. It's, it's what, when you go looking for news, it's, you look for news aggregator sources online, and then you look for who curates it. And those are really important concepts when you think about Twitter. I mean, an aggregator, and there are many, many websites that will just be you know, a, a website you can go to and get information, rantingly, Federalist, uh, Lucien, and they grab a bunch of different stories. So the people who put that website up, uh, they aggregate news from different writers, different websites, different foundations and organizations. They put it together in a website so that they aggregate news. Curating is a process of deciding what goes up. What, what do you get to hear? Now, you may be a curator and say you think someone's a poor writer and so you don't care for them, but mostly these websites are curating based on viewpoints, letting viewpoints come into, into being. They're curating the news. They're picking what they want the readers and listeners to be able to understand. Twitter has curated the news, curated what you hear by deciding who's banned, who's not allowed on there, and who can be. So, and by the way, Trump said, uh, he said people have been saying, what if, wow, I wonder if Elon Musk is going to let Trump back on Twitter. 
And Trump put out a statement saying, you know what, I have my own. He's got truth social now. He's not into it. But other, on Jen Psaki, I want to play. There were two things that she had to say. Uh, she was asked about this whole Twitter Elon Musk thing. Um, and one I think is just interesting. Um, she's asked basically about, you know, what are you going to do? Let me see how long this clip is. At least, yeah, we have time. Okay, let's play clip three. This is Jen Psaki answering some reporter about Musk taking over Twitter. Clip three. I would say that our, our concerns are not new. Uh, we've long talked about, and the president has long talked about, his concerns about the power of social media platforms, including Twitter and others, to uh, spread uh, misinformation, disinformation, um, the need uh, for these platforms to be held accountable. Um, well, I know you tried again. I appreciate that. I, I still don't have a specific comment on this specific transaction. Um, and at this point, we don't have any sense of what the policies will look like. Okay. You know, she's trying to say, if you don't catch all her happy talk words, she's trying to say this president has long been concerned about misinformation, disinformation, and the accountability of social media. The only thing that the leftists ever claimed was a problem on social media that was misinformation and disinformation, same language that former President Obama used recently speaking at Stanford, we've got it, and he was saying, Obama's saying, we gotta crack down more on social media, we gotta have more censoring. You know, they put out misinformation and disinformation. I did a long riff about this a couple days ago, or yesterday, but understand what they're saying is, they wanna tell you what truth is. I mean, if you say the standard is misinformation, disinformation, who decides that in a world where thousands of doctors support use of ivermectin, uh, budesonide, hydroxychloroquine, and other doctors say, no, I don't think so, I don't think those are effective? Who decides misinformation or disinformation? And Obama's answer to that, of course, is the government decides. The government will label things. You know, folks, I got to interject and say for our radio listeners, you're listening to America Can We Talk? My name is Debbie Georgiatis. The show is called America Can We Talk? You can find it online at americacanwetalk.org. Every past show, interview, blog post is there. But you're going off to a break for three minutes on radio. I urge you to come back after your break for a whole other half an hour of this show, fact-filled and exciting. Come back after the break. For everybody else online, I want to just tell you that I think this, this whole uh, effort of the uh, Biden administration and the leftists generally to respond to Elon Musk's purchase of Twitter, which again, hasn't even happened, but all of a sudden all these changes are happening, uh, it really is a window on their panic. They cannot believe that this, this massive source of information dissemination, which, I mean, I hope you don't get your news on Twitter, or it's one place to get news, but you really should read more than just Twitter. But in any case, they have lost control of it, and they can hardly believe it. They're apoplectic, as they say. There's a second uh, little clip from, also from uh, Jen Psaki, the president's spokesperson. Uh, she's again responding about all of this, um, this idea of um, the uh, media, uh, of media having uh, accountability, and what happens now that Musk has, has uh, purchased Twitter. So if you can quick play clip four. The Surgeon General has said that misinformation about COVID amounts to a public health crisis. Yes. I'm wondering, regardless of ownership, would the White House be interested in working with Twitter like it has in the past to continue to combat this kind of misinformation? Um, or are we in a different part of the pandemic where that kind of partnership is no longer necessary? Well, I think we engage regularly with all social media platforms about steps that can be taken. 
that has continued, and I'm sure it will continue. Uh, but there are also reforms that we think Congress could take, um, and we would support taking, uh, including reforming Section 230, enacting antitrust reforms, requiring more transparency, and the President is encouraged by the bipartisan uh, support for or engagement in, in those efforts. You know, one thing they're saying is to be really funny when Elon Musk really is uh, really in charge of Twitter is all of these people who have really massive followings. I mean, one is President Biden, and someone was had a funny list of things up on Telegram, I think it was, basically saying, you know, a lot of things we're going to discover, like how many of President Biden's followers actually were just bots, you know, bots, B-O-T-S, he's not people. They're just kind of electronic uh, exercises, the ex electronic generated likes and follows and supporters that don't actually exist. And as they were saying, you know, it's interesting if they take all those out, how many followers he really has. I want to, you know, on this, this section of our show today, I want to um, close it out by saying, I, I, you know, I talk about this whole um, meltdown about Twitter, but it really is on a very, very serious note. It is important for the American people. You can't participate in the American process, the election process, the whole you know, culture of America, the whole political, uh, not just political, but the whole participation as an American citizen if you don't get straight information. And, and part of what's happened, the American society has been manipulated by leftists for a long time, control of much of the news. Okay, welcome back to our radio listeners. We're wrapping up our story um, about or our, my views on this question of whether or not uh, the impact, what the impact's going to be of Elon Musk purchase, um, purchasing Twitter and really uh, Jen Psaki, others responding. I just want to say, I think what's going to happen is it's going to have more Americans newly engaged in recognizing, oh, I, I, I should look other places. I shouldn't just believe what is written. Um, and also, I think that there's going to be a, a good adjustment in terms of people who are listed as followers, are following, aren't following. My show has been tamped down a great deal by social media. And this is just what we're talking about now is just Twitter. But this whole kind of freeing of the American political conversation, freeing of free speech, uh, will be a great thing to have continue forward. And the more free speech happens, and the more people understand the real issues, and they understand the truth about border control and the truth about public school education and the truth about COVID and the truth about election fraud, all of that, as the American public understands, will bring more people to the side of the pro-America side, the pro-America, anti-socialist, pro-America, pro-freedom, pro-free speech, pro-free markets, the, all, the whole uh, uh, you know, mix of issues that really makes up what America is supposed to be. More people will be on the side of that. Okay, I got to tell you the most amazing thing. Uh, quick little story here, um, and this just has to do with this. Um, I forget what I called it. Um, Biden bus bullies. Okay, so do you remember when, in the 2020 election campaign, uh, there were Biden uh, buses? I mean, there were Trump buses too, but the Biden buses. I mean, the Biden team would get in onto buses, one or more, and they'd go around the country and hold rallies. And so, obviously, you can carry a lot of people, equipment. And they get out and they'd have the rallies. So in Texas, when Biden, the Biden team was down here in the great state of Texas, uh, there were people alongside the road um, waving signs. Some were supporting him, and uh, yay, Biden, and waving flags, and other people were not supporting him. And there were people who got in their cars and rode along next to the Biden bus tour. And they were waving flags, and I'm assuming waving signs that said, you know, Donald Trump or whatever, you know, make America great again. I'm telling you all this because I came across this story this morning. Someone sent me this story, and I just want you to reflect on, think on 
What this says about the leftist mindset, which is basically nobody, nobody ever makes fun of us. Nobody disagrees with us. And, and, and it's just that, that you know, scorched earth, you know, pin, argue to the, to the, to the ground um, attitude of the left. So there's this couple here. Uh, they are Texans, apparently. Uh, Joey Lynn and Robert Massaros. They live here in Texas, I think. Anyway, they got part in 2020. They were in the group of people in trucks riding next to the Biden um, bus uh, campaign buses and waving pro-Trump things and waving flags with, and pro-Trump signs. Well, they were, you know, and actually, if you recall at the time, the Biden team was calling the police and saying, hey, they're hassling us. So the police were basically saying, you know, you can't make things unsafe. You can't for, you know, you know, you got to be careful not to cause danger in the highway. I'm not saying to be really clear, maybe some of the people who did that, who got in buses and cars next to the Biden bus, maybe they did cross the line to illegality. I don't know. I didn't do that. I would not, I would not do that. But maybe some of those people got too close, caused danger, you know, did some, something else that constitutes a crime that you, or at least a, a, a traffic infraction, which you would get a ticket. I don't know, but that could be. So in this case, though, these people didn't cause an accident, didn't have an accident, rode along waving their signs and their flags and all that. Well, it turned out that there was a um, lawsuit filed, a lawsuit filed uh, on behalf of the Biden-Harris campaign and some Democrat politicians. So the Biden-Harris campaign and some Democrat politicians filed a lawsuit against this couple, Joe Lynn, Joey Lynn and Robert Maceros, Texans, because they did that, because they rode along next to the Biden bus and waved signs and, and flags and all that. And they're basically exercising their First Amendment right to say, you know, we don't like Biden, we like Trump. And so they are the subject, the victims of a lawsuit. I mean, actually being sued. Now, mind you, the police came, showed up at this whole bus thing with Biden and did not even give this couple a ticket. They did, not, they did nothing even warranting a ticket. They didn't apparently speed. They didn't be behave, you know, operate their vehicle in an unsafe manner. They didn't do anything like that. You know, they, they chose to campaign or exercise their First Amendment rights in this way. So now they're the subject of a lawsuit. And the lawsuit, I want you to understand this amazing, I mean, audacity, just bold absurdity out of the left. The lawsuit against these people is filed under the Ku Klux Klan law of 1871. The Biden team is saying anybody who opposed them, like these people, they, they might have violated, they might have potentially violated the Ku Klux Klan Act of 1871, trying to, uh, in, in their, the language of it is, with the intention the argument is that these people banded together on the public highway with the intention of suppressing minority voter rights. So they're assuming everyone who's a minority clearly supported Biden. And so anyone who might be, you know, against Biden is a guilty of suppressing minority voter rights. I mean, it's so flaming absurd. I mean, there are, because I know many of them, black voters in America who voted for Trump who think Biden's a joke, who wouldn't have voted for him in a million years. So Biden is presumptively, or his 
campaign and other Democrat politicians involved are presumptively assuming that if they're there standing with the Democrat Party, that anyone who would challenge them must be guilty of suppressing the minority vote. And by the way, the Ku Klux Klan Act exists in Texas because Democrats historically in Texas repressed the right of black voters. It was the Democrats when they ruled the South that, and literally the Ku Klux Klan was regularly referred to as the military arm or the enforcement arm of the Democrat Party. That's the Ku Klux Klan. That's who they were. It was Democrats, including members who got elected to the United States Senate, Bob Byrd from West Virginia, a, a leader of the, of the Democrat Ku Klux Klan. But yet today, this happy little couple uh, was actually is a recipient of a lawsuit uh, because they engaged in the Biden you know, bus tour, rode along, wove flag, uh, wave flags, and they are now the victims of a, uh, a, not a criminal prosecution, just a civil lawsuit. They face over 200,000 in legal defense fees alone. The judge recently in the case refused, declined to throw the case out. So they now have to be, go forward, defending themselves in this civil litigation by the Biden and the Democrat bully politicians. And all they're really saying is what Democrats are always saying. Nobody is allowed to disagree with us. Nobody's allowed to fight us. Nobody's allowed to make us look bad. I do think that the, the cars riding along next to the Biden bus brigade uh, may have embarrassed the Biden team. They, they thought they looked silly or stupid or weak or I don't know what they thought. But they may have thought that they looked bad to have, and you know, <laughs> to be so unpopular in Texas that they would have a bunch of cars riding along next to them waving Trump signs. I mean, no one would like that. And I don't really engage in that kind of politicking that, you know, go to the other side's things and wave signs. You know, I'd rather get our guys, our conservatives, America-loving, patriotic, freedom-loving conservatives revved up, excited about supporting conservatism, supporting freedom. I don't spend time doing that. But you're allowed to do that in this country. And you think of all the people who showed up at Trump rallies, all of the leftists, the anti-American leftists who showed up at Trump rallies, disrupted it. I mean, I'm talking about during the campaign in 2016, you know, wave signs, screamed, yelled, harassed people as they tried to walk in. I don't know of any lawsuit that emerged from that. I don't think any Trump supporter said, hey, wait a minute, you're actually really interfering with my right to go to this rally. But the, that Democrat mindset is always, and I don't mean every Democrat, to be really clear, I actually have good friends who are Democrats, and, and I do, good friends and relatives. I don't mean every Democrat, but I am talking about the Democrat today what has just has a stranglehold on the Democrat Party's mindset about America, and that is nobody disagrees with us. Nobody dares make him, Biden, look bad at all in any way, and if you do, you know, you're going to be the victim of something. So this poor couple, I'm going to find out, because I think you can actually make a donation to support them. I'm not sure, but I'm pretty sure you can. Uh, I just, I mean, in fact, I, I'm trying to track them down. I'd love to have them on the show just to talk about what they did that day, why they did it. Because, But I want you to think about the idea of actually going to the effort of filing a lawsuit because someone drove next to the Biden bus and waved flags and probably had Trump signs. I mean, think of the, think of the mindset that would convince you to do that. Before I get to the last story today, I do, I really want to hit, there's a ton of stuff happening, ton of stuff happening uh, in the Durham ongoing investigation uh, of the uh, 
the entire mess. Yeah, but I'm going to not quite get there. They are surrounding Hillary. Come back to that. But I want to hit a few couple, uh, couple things before that. The, uh, Durham is doing gangbuster. I, am, I will confess, you know, uh, mark me shocked. I actually did not think that he would persist as he has tons of great news. But before I do, I want to again tell our listeners some important things about supporting this show. Number one, our website is americacanwetalk.org. And at that website, you can find our past shows, past interviews, all of the Why It Matters feature we do at the end of the show. For our radio listeners, you always miss the Why It Matters part. I'm sorry. That's what I do in the last three minutes because our radio listeners get cut off at three minutes until the top of the hour. So you can go to our website, americacanwetalk.org. Check out our blog posts, check out our Why It Matters, check out past interviews. It's a great website. We are working on redoing it, but still for tons of information. Number two, be sure to mark your calendars for our Fall Summit, our third annual Women for Freedom Summit on October 15th. We have great speakers lined up and a few more we're working with. I mean, just great speakers. So I hope you mark your calendar, plan to come to that. We'll have tickets for on sale uh, before too long. I also want to tell you that this uh, show, I've been doing this show since 2014. I have never received one penny in payment. I do not get paid to do this show. This is not a job. This is my passion. This is my mission. I do this show to speak up for America because I truly, deeply believe that the very foundational promise of American liberty, the extraordinary experiment in human liberty that is America, is radically under siege from the radical anti-American leftists, or as many people are just now calling them, just communists. The idea of America is under assault. And I do this show to stand up and speak up for America. And I, I get great guests because my husband and I have been politically active for many years. So we know many politicians and think tank leaders and foundation leaders and just people of substance, of serious substance. We have great guests on this show, but I do need your support. The show is listener supported. So if you go to our website, americacanwetalk.org, on the homepage, several ways to support. Number one, Click on subscribe. Get our once-weekly newsletter. It comes out at the end of the week. It links to the past shows. It has my weekly uh, newsletter, my, my weekly column to you, my once-week column. Uh, so subscribe to our newsletter at our website. Hit subscribe. Put in your email. I never share that list. I do not pass along to anyone. It's just between you and me. Number two, on that website, you can donate. And I urge you to think about doing that. This show truly is listener-supported. I need your help, and if you are willing to donate, uh, everything we've ever been donated, received as a donation on this show has gone to improving the quality, improving the reach, improving, uh, paying the expenses of the show, which, which are significant. To do a show of this caliber in this lovely studio uh, are significant expenses, so I'd love your support there. Um, and number three, on that website, you can join America Can We Talk. Love, love, love to have you join America Can We Talk. Join. And when you go there, you just go to the homepage, americacanwetalk.org. You hit on members, uh, pops a little choice. You can hit join. And for at, at the minimum is $50 a year, 5-0. It's, it's practically free. And you can obviously feel free to make a bigger donation uh, to be a member. But $50 a year, you get confirmation for us. It gives you a discount on our future events. And so I hope that you will consider joining America Can We Talk. It brings us all together as part of the America Can We Talk family. Also, two last ways to support this show. Uh, one is that if you go to the website, uh, there are two 
products that I have uh, arranged with, to make a, an arrangement with um, that are wonderful quality products. I, I use them myself or I wouldn't be telling you about them. One is at MyPillow.com. At MyPillow.com, you can get very high quality products, which I love and use. My husband and I get their bath towels, bathrobes, slippers, sheets. I mean, it is a, and pillows, their pillow, their initial product, their first product he came up with, truly extraordinary, good quality. I mean, I always joke that sleeping is one of my best skills. I never have trouble sleeping, like zero trouble sleeping. But for people who do have trouble sleeping, these pillows are apparently extraordinary. So go to MyPillow.com, pick out everything you might want to purchase, and as you're checking out, hit, go to the promo code and enter DebbieG, D-E-B-B-I-E-G, D-E-B-B-I-E-G, put that promo code in, you'll get up to 66% off of your entire order, depends on the products you purchase, up to 66% off, I get a small payment, and you get the products, good quality products, shipped right to your home. I urge you to go to MyPillow.com and do that. Please do that. The second product you could consider uh, purchase and making a support uh, as a way to support this show is from a, a product I drink every day called H2Bev. And uh, if you're watching on, on online, you can see the picture of the product. It, they come in small cans. It's a beverage. It is, uh, it is not available in stores, only available online. It is called H and then the numeral 2, as in H2O, uh, but H2Bev, and at the website it's called H2, the numeral 2, BevBev.com, and again there, use the promo code DebbieG, D-E-B-B-I-E-G, you get up to, ten, you get 10% off on your order, and they deliver this great drink to your home, and I'll tell you about it. They have three favors I buy over and over and over. I drink one every single morning. Lemon lime, they have strawberry, and they have orange. And these are, they refer to as a nitric oxide boost. A nitric oxide boost. It honestly, truly does increase your performance, endurance, and focus. It is a unique and unparalleled. Nobody else has this process. It's hydrogen infused, and this is a process where you truly, uh, there is a, a, a health benefit that you feel instantly. I can tell you that many professional athletes whose names you would know purchase this product and drink one every morning. Urge you to do it. Again, not expensive, tastes great. One in the morning, order at h2bev.com. Use the promo code DebbieG, and you get 10% off your order. Okay. That is my sales pitch. I'm done. My last topic for the day is actually kind of really the most important topic, although they're all really important. Durham, special counsel Durham, is looking into, after Mueller, after three years and millions of dollars spent and, and you know, headlines galore, trying to claim Trump-Russia collusion, which never happened, and Mueller finally had to go in front of Congress and say, actually, We've spent millions of dollars and, you know, thousands of hours of depositions and we've, and there is no proof, absolutely no proof that election fraud occurred. That's what Mueller testified. So then Bill Barr, which I, whom I am so disappointed, I can barely speak his name, but he did appoint John Durham to say, basically, where did this story come from? And just, and giving you background in case you lost track of this story, Durham has been at this like a bulldog. Now I will say for a long time, I got worried that he was just going to punt, just as Mueller punted, because we all know, by the way, now, everyone understands who pays attention to the evidence that the federal government, the CIA, FBI, DOJ, they knew in 2016 that the entire Trump-Russia collusion story, the hoax, was cooked up 
by the Hillary Clinton campaign in conjunction with her lawyers at Perkins Coie and the, the Fusion GPS organization they hired. The entire thing was cooked up by Hillary. It was a campaign smear. So she does this in 2016, and so you know Barr saying, "Well, let you know John Durham, why don't you go ahead and figure out where the heck this happened, Special Counsel? How this all happened?" So he's been working away. He now has an indictment pending against Michael Sussman, Sussman, a lawyer at Perkins Coie. So Sussman had contacted the FBI and said, "I have information. I think you're going to want to know. This is not tied." to any client. This is not attorney-client. This is not tied to a client. And what he was actually doing was working on behalf of Hillary Clinton and the Clinton campaign and you know, using Fusion GPS to cook up the entirely concocted dossier. But Sussman does this. So the first charge Durham is, is getting to is, hey, actually, Sussman, you were working on behalf of a client, Hillary Clinton and the Clinton campaign. So when you said to the FBI that you weren't working on behalf of the campaign, you lied. You can't, it's actually, shockingly, it's against the law to lie to the FBI. I mean, who knew? Anyway, Sussman claimed he wasn't doing that, so he is now being prosecuted for lying to the FBI. And the beauty of this, the, uh, the staggering hypocrisy, I can't even think of the right words, now, as Durham is trying to go forward to bring this prosecution, he's got an indictment, so you know, Sussman's being prosecuted, trying to move forward, he's trying to say, he, Durham's trying to say, well, I need this evidence. You know, he, he's trying to subpoena evidence. And the law firm is saying, oh, no, you can't see it. It's a product of attorney-client privilege. You see in the little, the little uh, hole he's dug for himself? I mean, he said, this is not on behalf of a client. That's the lie he told, or that's what, what Durham is saying is the lie. So Sussman can either say, uh, okay, I lied, it, it, to protect the privilege, because they're trying to prevent the release of a mountain of emails, which will begin not only to expose Hillary Clinton and Sussman and others in the Perkins Coie law firm, and people at Fusion GPS in this massive fraud they cooked up. So Durham wants the discovery. Sussman and team are saying, oh no, that's all attorney-client privilege. But if he says, yeah, that's attorney-client privilege, he's saying, yes, I lied to the FBI. He's like confessing to the crime for which he's charged. He's confessing, yeah, I did lie, because after all, it is all privilege. So they're in a bit, I mean, he's in a, Durham has walked these people into a trap. It's a beautiful thing. On top of that, I want to mention two other really, really important things. Uh, Durham, uh, who's just honestly, I, I'm so grateful and impressed, grateful for him, impressed by him. Uh, Durham is now letting people know he has hundreds of emails, hundreds of emails between Fusion GPS, the firm, so Hillary hires Perkins Coie, Perkins Coie hires Fusion GPS, who in turn, by the way, cooked up the whole Russian dossier. But back to Fusion GPS, as all this is being uncovered, Fusion GPS is emailing stories to reporters, to these news outlets that tell you, oh, trust us. You know, we're the, we're the trusted media. We're left-wing media. We're the Washington Post, the New York Times, and all these left-wing, you know, just 
I mean, they're, they're left-wing Pravda, propaganda, uh, echo chambers of the left. That's all they are. They try to hold up onto, historically, the New York Times, the Washington Post. We are the paper of record. We are the most trusted source. They are literally getting emails from Fusion GPS telling them what to print about the whole Russia-Trump collusion, which didn't happen. And they apparently were going along with it. So Durham now has all these emails, and he's saying hundreds of emails between Fusion GPS and reporters. And you know, you just, you want, you want to, like somebody, I, I have a great idea about Sussman before I get too far in this. And the other thing that's happened is that um, the former director of national intelligence, John Ratcliffe, brilliant, brilliant guy. He's a Texan, especially, I'm just going to just say him. Anyway, DNI, um, former DNI John Ratcliffe was actually saying that he is, believes that the, that in Washington, during all of this Trump-Russia collusion stuff, a Democrat lawmaker, um, whom I shall name in a moment, Adam Schiff, um, Schiffless of California, uh, was guilty of, appears to be guilty of intentionally peddling a false narrative again that, against then-President Trump. And he went on to say, on the Hunter Biden laptop revelations, Ratcliffe said over the weekend that Schiff and others likely conspired to downplay the damaging links to shady business deals in Ukraine, Russia, and China ahead of the 2020 election to protect then-Democrat nominee Joe Biden. Folks, my uh, radio listeners are going to have to go off in 30 seconds. I want to remind you again, radio listeners, my name is Debbie Georgiatis. The show is America Can We Talk. Come back every Monday through Thursday at 3 p.m. to America Can We Talk. Do come back every day. Don't miss one. Go to our website, americacanwetalk.org. Sign up for the newsletter. Stay, stay tuned. Stay with us. Love talking with you about America. My last point is for our listeners. I know you're going to go off there. I'm very sorry. Radio listeners, my last point for all of you is I want to plant the seed that Sussman, now facing near certain conviction, because he's saying I didn't, I, I didn't have a client, but everything I'm trying, so it wasn't attorney-client because I didn't have a client, but it is protected by attorney-client privilege. I mean, you just can't have it both ways. I think Sussman is a perfect candidate. I don't know if he'd do it. I don't know the guy, but he's a perfect candidate to turn state's evidence, to turn on the whole Clinton cabal of criminals who have surrounded Hillary Clinton and Bill, although he's pretty much out of it now, but surrounded Hillary in her entire political life. Sussman would be a great candidate to turn on all of them because he knows what Perkins Coie did. He knows that Fusion GPS did. He understands what the CIA and, and FBI knew was going on. I mean, he would be a fabulous candidate to turn state's evidence. I'm not saying, I've not read anything that's saying he would, but if you're that guy and you, why he should have to go down and go to prison for Hillary Clinton, I'm sure that's a question he's asking himself. More on this uh, very soon, I'm sure. Okay, so at the close of every show, I tell you why the stories we talked about today matter to you. So we start our show today. We have why it matters. I hope we have that. Mr. Oh, we go. There we go. Uh, more uh, leftism kills, the border death. Texas National Guardsman Bishop Evans dies trying to save two drowning drug smugglers. Saki shrugs it, shrugs it off, and she really did. I should have gotten the clip for you. Not a federal employee. She's kind of saying, so what? Not my problem. This is the mark of completely amoral behavior and the abandonment of the American character. Evans gave his life for criminals in a situation created by the Biden administration. Temporary hope from the federal judge 
holding up the expiration of Title 42. I didn't even get to that, but some judges temporarily stopping uh, the Biden administration from abandoning Title 42. Basically, the Biden administration is just opening the floodgates of illegal aliens and some judges trying to stop him. Hard to face, but the Biden administration approach to border enforcement displays actual malice toward America as a sovereign and secure nation. And Elon Musk and Twitter, too much fun for words, ongoing developments, stunning meltdown by the left over Musk takeover of Twitter, Morning Joe and Mika appalled. It's their job. It's their job to tell people what to think. MSNBC commentator completely clueless as to the irony of dangers of Musk as exactly what conservative Americans have been living through for at least five years under the Twitter management. Musk is not even remotely a right-winger on any issue except freedom of speech. And now the left hates him and Teslas and SpaceX and Starlink. Funny stories going around about everyone. Now all these leftists now trying to sell their Teslas. Anyway, leftists are sensing the collapse of their seemingly invincible control of all narratives. 2020 election fraud, COVID, Biden corruption, even Ukraine, all leftist takes are dissolving. Morning in America for, uh, for American patriots emerging from censorship and cancellation jail. And Biden bus bullies, uh, Texas couple truck pro-Trump signs alongside the Biden bus tour in Texas of 2020. Biden administration sued them for assault, even though zero actual evidence of anything other than peaceful protest. And they sued them under the Ku Klux Klan Act, by the way. Anything other than peaceful protest via safe driving. And also claim the couple was suppressing minority votes. I mean, please spare me. Take away the, the takeaway is the left tolerates no dissent ever and will abuse the justice system to keep the peasants in their place. Judged so far as humoring the Biden administration, but awareness of the baseless case is growing. Political campaigns should never face actual assault, but neither should they characterize opposition as assault, which is what the Biden team is doing. And Durham surrounding Hillary, HRC campaign attorney Michael Sussman has serious felony exposure for lying to the FBI. His text to the FBI says he's not working for any client when he's bringing up the Russia collusion information to the FBI. But now he wants to claim related emails and documents are attorney-client privileged. If he wants to change his story and say he was working for, uh, for a client, that's a central lie to the FBI for which he's being prosecuted, thus an admission of felony guilt. If he doesn't change his story, all related emails and documents admitted into evidence and they show an obvious multi-person conspiracy, it appears to fabricate evidence against Donald Trump. Hundreds of emails between Fusion and GPS working for the Hillary campaign and the media are in Durham's possession. They're all working together. The key question now is what punishment will Durham seek against Sussman? Will it be enough to make him flip? I hope so. I'm Debbie Georgiatis. This is America Community Talk. Thank you so very much for tuning in every Monday through Thursday at 3 p.m. Central Time to America Community Talk, where I always talk truth about America because America matters. And I will talk to you next time. America, can we talk truth about America? Can